0: Hey everyone, this is Dorenda Wilson. Welcome to this week's podcast. If you don't happen to know me already, I am married to Daryl and we have been married for 28 years. We have eight kids ages 13 to almost 27. Our two oldest daughters are married and we have four grandkids. We have also been homeschooling for over 22 years. So if you have not connected with me yet on social media, I am on Facebook at just Dorinda Wilson. I'm on Instagram at at DorindaLeeWilson. And I also have a blog where you can find me, DorindaWilson.com. Notice a common thread there? I love my name for that reason. So unusual. Thanks, Dad. Anyhow, a couple of years ago, I wrote a simple, mercifully short book on homeschooling called *The Unhurried Homeschooler*. It might be something you want to go check out on Amazon. It's only six ninety nine. And recently, just literally less than two weeks ago, I had a new book come out. It's called *Unhurried Grace for a Mom's Heart: Thirty-One Days in God's Word*. It is a devotional that it uh, has thirty-one mom-sized entries. And we don't just cover one or two verses, we cover a short passage. So we really get a chance to dive into the Word and then talk about what it is uh, that how this scripture is applicable to motherhood. So now that we've got all those uh, preliminaries out of the way, today I have a very special guest. My husband is joining me and we're going to be talking about how children are a blessing and not a burden. And we're going to be telling our story of how we ended up with eight kids because we get asked that question a lot. And it's actually a pretty funny story. So uh, sit back and listen and enjoy. And I'm going to introduce my husband, Daryl. Say hi, honey.
1: Hi, honey. I
0: I promised him that I would take him out for coffee when we're all done. He's kind of like, you know, one of the kids. you got to give him a little carrot in order to get him to to do what you want. (laughs) No, he was very willing to tell the story because obviously it involves him, but it also involves a pretty big heart change on his part and uh, really a lot of trusting on my part, both of our parts, really. So, but we'll get to that in just a minute. The first thing I want to talk about is as we before we get into our story, is how much, and and I, you probably noticed this, but if you really think about it, you can really see how obvious it is that the world does not see children as a blessing. God calls them a blessing, and I'm going to talk about I'm just going to share a few key scriptures in just a couple of minutes. But first, we're gonna talk about the world and how they don't see children as a blessing. And what are the ramifications of that? And I think one of the biggest and saddest ramifications uh, is abortion. There is not a value of life. When you start believing that children are a burden and an inconvenience in any way, abortion is going to be a natural result and vice versa. So it kind of goes both ways. If you start saying, well, you know, abortion is okay. Um, ultimately, what you're doing is desensitizing your conscience to the fact that life is valuable. And that is something we never, ever want to do because God is the giver of life. And we've had this discussion a lot, haven't we? We
1: have.
0: You know, when we're, when we're talking about, you know, the potential of having another baby and who gives life and who doesn't. And, you know, we don't and he does and he's sovereign over it. And again, I'm going to get to more of that later. But there's a huge shift in your value system if you start to believe that uh, abortion really at any point is even a consideration. The second thing that happens, I think, is what I've noticed is we've noticed that people are in—we live in a really materialistic society. And so, you know, it's about acquisition. You know, you you get the college education, you buy your first house— And then of and you get your career going. And then of course the next acquisition would be to have children, right? That's what everybody does. We talked about this years ago, and we we started to really notice that people weren't thinking of their children as a blessing. It was just like another thing. The next step. Yeah. The next step in a successful quote unquote life. And yet, here are these human beings who really turn your world upside down. Mm -hmm. And we see that all the time. I I think there's a lot of um There's a lot of talk amongst moms about how hard motherhood is, and there is a degree of it that is hard. If you want to do it well, there's a lot of sacrifice involved. But I also think that parents don't go into it realizing that it is going to turn their world upside down in a good way. And that's the difference between how we as Christians are looking at having children and the way the world is looking at having children. And they start to, uh, then they start to see, you know, when we think, okay, they're just an acquisition, they're the next thing. And then they find themselves seeing their children as getting in the way of really important things in life and real quote unquote success. And um, again, that that can happen back back at the place of abortion when uh, someone's trying to decide, you know, I've got a career. I, I don't want to, you know, I don't wanna do this right now or a, a, a teenager or a um, college girl who's trying to get her degree and this wasn't in her plan. And so all of this ties in together. And so it is absolutely essential that as believers, we hold to the truth of God's word. Um, about children and that we truly see them as God sees them. And, and we, I mean, don't you think, honey, we've seen a lot of Christians who don't, who have a more worldly view
1: mm-hmm. of children. The culture has crept in and undermined their godly principles.
0: Right, right. And I think, too, that a lot of times uh, motherhood is not being, it's being played down a lot, that it's not that important. And yet I we've always believed it's one of the most important jobs a woman can ever have. It's like You're
1: right there at the top. Raising the next generation.
0: Exactly. And that's a direct effect on the culture and also on how how well the church is doing, the life of the church. Because if we raise children who love the Lord and understand what it means to be part of the body of Christ and um and get and have that biblical worldview, they're gonna not only they're gonna impact the church and they're also gonna impact the world around them. So but back to this whole idea <clears throat> that children are not a blessing. I was reading an article the other day and I shared it on my Facebook page. It's called The Scary Truth About What's Really Hurting Our Kids. And it was quite astounding. And I completely agree with it. But he this whoever wrote this just didn't mince any words. And one of the things that they talked about was how kids are missing the fundamentals of a healthy household. And this is the fruit of not seeing them as a blessing. And so some of those fundamentals that, these, that kids are missing are having emotionally available parents, clearly defined limits and guidance, responsibilities, balanced nutrition and adequate sleep, movement and outdoors. They're also missing out on creative play, Social interaction, opportunities for unstructured times and boredom. Wow. I talk about that a, a, a lot in The Unhurried Homeschooler because we are big believers in letting our kids, having let our kids play a lot. And we have very creative, intelligent thinkers. Mm-hmm. Um, our kids have grown up with a healthy, with, with these particular things, but it took a lot of effort. And it took our mindset being that children were a blessing and not a burden, even when it sometimes felt otherwise.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> and instead, this article said that children are being served with digitally distracted parents, a sense of entitlement rather than responsibility, inadequate sleep and unbalanced nutrition, sedentary indoor lifestyle. We're seeing a lot of obesity and unhealth- a lot of health issues with kids physically, but also mentally and emotionally. Endless stimulation, technological babysitters, instant gratification and absence of dull moments. Wow. And lastly, indulgent parents who let kids rule the world. Again, it takes time and effort, right? To do what's best for our kids. And along that same line, we've seen Parents idolize their kids mm-hmm. who they just like this says, let them rule the world. And we were talking about this this morning that you can do that, you know, where you're neglect, almost neglectful. And you are neglectful as a parent, you know, um, in that first set of things that we talked about, not them not having the things that they need. But then the other, the flip side is this idolizing the child. And, and it, those are both ditches. And I remember Heidi used to always say, the devil doesn't care which ditch you're in as long as you're in a ditch. So, what we want to focus on today, as uh, Christian moms and families, is God's stunningly different view of children. I'm going to share with you just a few scriptures. These are these are just like these are like key scriptures. There are more but I wanna share with you some of our favorites and the ones that we've gone back to over and over again. Psalm 127, three to five says, "'Children are a gift from the Lord. "'They are a reward from Him. "'Children born to a young man "'are like arrows in a warrior's hands. "'How joyful is the man whose quiver is full of them. "'He will not be put to shame "'when he confronts his accusers at the city gates.'" Matthew 18 says that Jesus called a little child to him and he put the child among them. And then he said, I tell you the truth, unless you turn from your sins and become like little children, you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. So anyone who becomes as humble as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. We, there's a lot we can learn from children. And uh, another passage in that same chapter says, and anyone who welcomes a little child like this on my behalf is welcoming me. Think about that. Are we as Christians welcoming children? Are we thinking of them as a blessing? Are we treating them as the gift that they are and the reward that God says that they are? But then it goes on to say, but if you cause one of these little ones who trusts in me to fall into sin, it would be better for you to have a large millstone tied around your neck and be drowned in the depths of the sea. That's huge. That is really a vivid picture of God's value of children And our responsibility to teach them about God, to to teach them to understand who he is and to come to know him. And And further down in verse 10, in that same chapter of Matthew 18 says, beware that you don't look down on any of these little ones. For I tell you that in heaven, their angels are always in the presence of my heavenly father. I love that. Boy, there's a lot of value there that God is talking when he's talking about children. Mark 10, 13 to 16, 16 says, one day some parents brought their children to Jesus so that he could touch and bless them, but the disciples scolded the parents for bothering him. Then uh, when Jesus saw what was happening, he was angry with his disciples. He said to them, let the children come to me and don't stop them for the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. I tell you the truth, anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God, like a child, will never enter it. Then he took the children in his arms and he placed his hands on their heads and he blessed them. I love that. I love how God, um, and especially Jesus, when he walked this earth, he gave an example of how we're we're to walk as Christians. And you see so many times how people were con, uh, considering children who were around as you know they're in the way, shushing them sending them away. Even his disciples would be like, you know, go on, go on, go on. And Jesus is saying, whoa, hold on. Let these children come to me. And so with that in mind, um, just thinking about throughout scriptures, how God speaks highly of children and how he sends a clear message that they're a blessing, how that changes our thinking. Uh, I talk about this all the time with my husband, how if you just change one tiny little way that you think about something. It's like a ship. You know, a ship can be going along and you change one or two degrees of the direction of that ship and it lands you in a completely different place. Over time, it makes a humongous difference. And this is why um, we need to be thinking rightly about children and what God thinks of them and be have his perspective on it and remember that they are a blessing. And with that in mind, we're going to start to tell our story about how in the world we, that's how thats how it's usually phrased to us. How in the world did you end up with eight kids? We were in Orlando last weekend and we had an Uber driver named Armando and he could barely speak English. He was Cuban, huge guy, hilarious, wanted to chat, but it's a little difficult when, he could understand a lot, but he couldn't speak a lot. But my husband managed to pull up his—how many years of Spanish did you?
1: Uh, three years of high school Spanish, <laughs> but that's ancient history. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that he pulled up from his memory, and um, he was able to communicate to him that we had ocho niños. Right? I only had two years, so I can't even think of the word niños. <laughs> um, so and you should have heard the guy howl. He was like, what? Ocho niños! And man, he was just having—he could not believe it. I think he just— was flabbergasted, so I of course pulled out a picture and showed him, and and hoped we didn't drive. He didn't drive off the road because he was just completely floored. And then, <laughs> what did, else did you say to him? You said.
1: I said, grande familia es muy bueno. Right. And he just kept repeating that like he was trying to convince himself right. of that. <laughs> Which means, for
0: those of you who didn't take Spanish,
1: what does it mean? Uh, basically, a large family is very
0: good. Right. And so he kept, yeah, he kept repeating that to himself <laughs> like it was his new mantra or something. And anyway, we were cracking up. So these are some of the things that we've dealt with all along the way. You know, our trips to Costco with, you know, eight kids and people asking me if I...
1: And daycare. daycare.
0: And I'm looking at them and I'm like, well, let's see now. If I had a daycare, do you think I would choose the middle of the day to bring those kids with me when I could go when they when they after they go home, you know? So we had funny conversations about that. And people always asking us, you know, do you know what causes this? And our answer is always
1: yes, and we enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> we
0: figure, hey, if they're gonna ask, we should just tell them the truth, right? So when we were first married, um, I remember you would tell people, we're going to have two kids. We're going to have a boy first, and then a girl, and they're going to be born, uh, how many years apart? Three years apart? I can't remember. All I know is he said that wouldn't even start for three to five years after we were married. He had this grand plan, and he did not hesitate to share it with people, which just made me laugh because... In my heart, I just knew God was going to do something
1: different. Well, I was the classic OCD bachelor. Right. I'm seven years older than Dorinda, and I was 28, almost 29, when we got married. So uh, I was I was used to pretty much controlling my world, and, and it pretty much went <laughs> along the way I decided. So we figured I could probably do the same with children. So we, right. as always, I had a plan. Right. And
0: uh, And this is one thing I've learned about him. He always has a plan, but he's more flexible, typically, than he comes across to start with. And so other people were getting a kick out of this, and and my mother was a little concerned, and I'm just like, Mom, don't worry about it. I know he's the right guy for me. We'll cross these other bridges when we get there, you know? So I just knew. I just felt like the Lord was saying, don't worry about this, Dorinda. I got this. And boy, did he. (laughs)
1: Yes,
0: he did. (laughs) So we start out uh, believing we're going to wait three years, or he's believing we're going to wait three years. And uh, it turns out that you know, God just, of course, not too long after we were married, was putting this desire on my heart to go ahead and start a family. And so we talked about it a little bit, and he still wasn't quite on board. But long story short, we were married nine months when we got pregnant with our first. We were building a house at the time. We had a lot going on in our life, but it was great. We were excited. and um, But it wasn't a boy
1: <laughs> oh. oh, so there. And my, he was my, not. My plan's beginning to fall apart, but it was okay.
0: <laughs> we were thrilled, so we had Brittany, and then uh, I had a miscarriage after that. Not very long, actually. Um, I think she was um, about a year, something like that. I don't remember. Um, it was uh, about eleven weeks. Uh, I had a miscarriage, and then we uh, got pregnant with Jenna. And so they ended up being 21 months apart. So still pretty close, considering mm-hmm. I had a miscarriage in between. So it was another girl. another girl. So we were like, okay, well, I guess we're having girls. But then he was saying, you know, we probably maybe because I wanted another baby, of course. And he said, well, you know, maybe we should maybe we should try for a boy. I said, okay, let's do it. So we tried for a boy, whatever that means. <laughs> <laughs> We just figured we'd give it another round and we mm-hmm. got another girl great, but a boy would be fun and 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 I think the idea was either way we would be done
1: right, that was it,
0: yeah, but we got our little boy mm-hmm. and he is blonde haired blue eyed sweet, sweet little guy, and we were, I was just enjoying him so much and then Daryl starts bringing up the idea of um
1: a of vasectomy. A vasectomy, and, yes. and this is a this is a nice family i can I can control this. I can provide for this family. And, you know, this, this feels comfortable. But Dorenda was praying all along. She always wanted 10, but never well, told me because she didn't want to scare me. But. Yes.
0: So he wanted, he wanted two. I tell people he wanted two, and I wanted 10. And so we compromised at eight. <laughs> so we have Jake. Now, right. at this point. Daryl's feeling like, okay, we should be talking about this. And so we were having conversations and he was maybe three to six months old or something. And so I put him off by saying, you know, we should wait till he's a year, you know, before we make any decisions. You know, I'm just, you know, starting to get a little nervous because I really didn't feel done. So I, at this point, I start to pray and I'm praying that God will change Daryl's heart and I'm starting to also seek a little bit more. So this desire to have more kids, how many more kids? You know, I've always wanted a bigger family, but, you know, was that what God wanted? So I'm seeking, and as I'm seeking, I'm sharing some things with Him along the way. And, you know, things I was reading in different places. We didn't even have the internet then, so I I don't know how I found these things, but I did. And, um, And so I would share these things along the way and be praying and but also I was praying because my heart was very much longing for more children and maybe more than you know another one and so and I knew this and I was trying to address it um carefully because I didn't want to feel him to feel like I was forcing him mm-hmm. to have more kids and uh when he didn't really want to and I didn't want to feel like if we were struggling down the road and we had four or five or six kids and he I didn't want him to look at me and say, this was your idea.
1: <laughs> right, right. I had to be fully on board.
0: Right. So I was praying a lot, and I, I was really praying that I wasn't pressing and pushing him. And I would ask him. I think I asked you and later. She, yeah,
1: and she wasn't. And I was really being, my heart really being tugged on by the Holy Spirit to research God's Word as far as limiting family size. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did. And everywhere I went in God's word, it would tell me children are a blessing from God. May your quiver be full, be fruitful and multiply. Mm-hmm. The th- I was looking for a reason to limit our family size. <laughs> and I'll tell you, it's not in the Bible. And after reading, because this was a big step. And after reading, you know, and the children are a blessing from God... And my fear as a provider was you know, gosh, big family, um I've got to provide for them, care for them, you know what if they get sick what if right. there's heartache you know you're you're opening yourself up to a lot more things, but yet we have a faithful God, and if he says they're a blessing uh, to the righteous man, then they are right. and
0: And this was about him saying, okay, we can read in all these other places all we want, but what does God's word say? So in the end, that's what he focused on and seeking that out and seeing what does God say? Well, God clearly says that they are blessing. Now, I want to stop right here and say, we tell people all the time, we are not telling you to have a big family or that that's even what God has for you. What we're, what we're encouraging you to do is to stop and to pray about it like every other area of your life. We pray over our finances. We pray over these other areas. But we've noticed that there were a good amount of Christians that we knew of that never bothered to ask God about what He had in mind for their family size, you know, or what He wanted them to do. So that is what we're encouraging here. I don't believe that God has a large family for every single Christian Family. It just, it might not be his plan, but we have to stop and ask. And that's what we did.
1: We have to seek God and ask him what his plan for our family is and follow that, trusting that he knows what's best for us. He knows our plan. He he has a plan for us. And we need to ask him what it is and we need to trust him with him because he's trustworthy.
0: Right. It's yielding every part of our lives to God. And in our culture, I think it's easy to think, well, that's just our decision. But as believers, you know, we're committed to God 100% in every area of our life, and that includes our family size. And so uh, I also want to uh, interject here that I have had all C-sections. That's a whole nother story and probably a whole nother podcast. <laughs> but, um, but the bottom line is that was another consideration that— that was part of that decision you know we had to recognize that okay i've had 3 c sections so how many c sections are we going to have and can we do that and you know there's always that that uh, belief that a lot of people here you can't have more than 3 i've heard so many people have said that to me i thought you couldn't have more than 3 and i said well clearly you can <laughs> because i did i'm not saying that that's going to be true for everybody but for whatever reason God, that's how he works. That was worked the course
1: he had for us. In our
0: family. And so I'm a firm believer. I love natural childbirth, and I'm a firm believer in it. But I also know that we live in a sinful, fallen world, and sometimes our bodies don't cooperate, and there are things that, that happen, and, and God has good for us in all of it. And so um, we just believe that that's, that was the case. Um
1: And at that point, we just acknowledged God's word, that he was faithful, and that he was trustworthy. That's right. And we could, basically, I just came to Durand and I said, well, I think we should just really leave it up to the Lord how big our family is Mm -hmm. and let him make that determination. And I'm frightened, and this is a big step, but I know that God is faithful, and we basically just left it in the Lord's hands after that.
0: And that's not to ever say that we didn't experience hardship, grief. Uh, financial stress, um, but never, ever did we think that it was because we had too many kids?
1: No, and we never felt abandoned. God was always there, faithful and that's right, even though the road maybe got tough, sometimes that's just what God needs to show his faithfulness
0: but I, but what I want to say in all of this also is that um, we we trusted God and we kept his perspective on our kids. And so even when we were going through difficulties, we never thought, oh gosh, maybe we, you know, made a mistake by having all these kids. And that never ever crossed our minds. We just no. because we had determined in our hearts that children were a blessing. And I'm telling you, it's not an easy task raising eight children. They were twelve and a half years apart. Um, homeschooling them, but God made a way. And we, you know, we did things differently than a lot of families would have because of our circumstances. But this was God's plan for our family. I firmly believe it. And now as we see our kids, so many of our kids are adults now, we see the benefits of, of just walking in obedience to what God had for our family. So back to the story, we have number four, who is also a boy. Because, you know, we had the two girls. We're like, oh, I guess we're just going to have girls. And then we have a boy, and then we have a boy, and another boy, and another boy. And so all of a sudden, our dynamics changed a lot at home. Great dynamics. We, I just, I loved having all the boys. But, wow, it definitely changed the course of, mm-hmm. you know, where our family was going. But, again, um. It, we, you know, we went through some financial difficulties and different things like that. Um, we had challenges with, um, you know, our oldest had a little bit of asthma, and there was a few little health things that went on. But for the most part, I feel like things went well. We were mm-hmm. just we kind of just had, kept our head down and kept moving <laughs> forward and just taking care of our family. And so we had number six, and then number seven was a girl. And then number eight was a boy, and he had a major heart defect. He had transposition of the greater arteries and two holes in his heart and was in the hospital for two months. And I share some of that story in the podcast, Homeschooling Through a Crisis. Um, So that was a a big, long, long thing. But God was faithful in all of it. So I think what we really want to leave you with is just to really be thinking about what is it, what is your view of children? How do you see them? And and maybe have this conversation with your husband about, you know, what does God have for us when it comes to our family life? Now, the interesting thing is that I remember um, when we, we were making this decision, you went to a Sunday school teacher that we were mm-hmm. doing a, a couple Sunday school class with. He had five kids, right? Mm-hmm. And I remember you asking him about the vasectomy. Do you remember what he said? I remember he was very encouraging. Um, I feel like, I just know that when we walked away, you were like, you know, I think maybe, maybe we should hold off and maybe. Well,
1: he was just very much the world says this, culture says this, but God's word says children are a blessing mm-hmm. and God can be trusted. He just, reaffirmed what I really had read in Scripture. Right. And it just reaffirmed the course we were taking. And And another thing I always pray, too, is, Lord, I, you know, when we're done, let it be smooth. Just right. let us be done so we don't have to make decisions about doing things medically or something. We just—and and he was so faithful. We just kind of—we yes. had a couple miscarriages after eight. Yeah, we in just my sort 40s. Of, we just sort of— that was our number, eight. They just stopped eight. coming. Yeah. And, uh, and
0: that, was, that was a huge blessing
1: because... But I have to say, I cannot imagine life <laughs> without any of them. I mean, I know. here I am, late 50s, and they're even a bigger blessing than they ever were right. when they were small. I mean, right. they just the blessing just grows. You've got these great adult children and great mm-hmm. relationships with right. each one, and right. I, I can't imagine not having any of them.
0: I agree. Know? And, you know, along the way, as a mom... There were a lot of, you know, there's a lot of challenges to being a mom, to a big family. And so I just want to say kudos to you out there who have a lot of kids. I get it. I get the coordination and the the chaos that can happen in, I mean, this can happen with two kids, honestly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, you can go from zero to 100 in about three to five seconds flat, you know, anytime you have kids. But, you know, multiply that over and it's, you know... It's a recipe for a lot of oh, and activity and a lot of, uh, a lot of things to diffuse. And I think one thing that this whole mentality that children are a blessing was that when I would run into those things, where I, and so many times I felt inadequate, you know, like, I, I don't know, Lord, I, you're, you're telling me these children are a blessing. And I just feel so inadequate as a parent to be able to meet all of these needs. And it was just like, you would remind me, Dorinda, it's not your job. To meet all of their needs, even if you only had one child, you could never meet all of their needs because you're not God.
1: Well, and that's the challenge with having a smaller family is smothering. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, for us, it wasn't as much of a temptation because <laughs> there wasn't enough of us to go around to do that. Right. But, you know, even a even a smaller family. You know, it's looking to the Lord and saying, "How much is enough? How much do I need to let go? How much do they just need to be bored, or how? Right. You know?" Right. So there's it's seeking God for your family, whatever size it is, right. and and in each child and what they need. And, right, you know, there's right. challenges on either end of the spectrum.
0: Right, but never compromising that mentality that children are a blessing is what helped us make better decisions mm-hmm. in our parenting, in our finances. So so in that respect, our children were a blessing in, in a multifaceted number of ways, mm-hmm. you know, because when tempted to think, oh, it's all these kids or it's the children, it's the children, which I hear a lot of moms do that these days. They're just like, oh, these kids, you know, oh, man, they're just, winning. they're complaining all the time. We need to be careful about how we speak about our, our children. Our words are
1: powerful and are we professing that they're a blessing because exactly. if we're complaining about them all the time... Mm-hmm. They're not going to feel like a blessing.
0: No, and even if they don't hear us say these things, those are seeds planted in our own hearts that can can really turn into roots of bitterness towards our children. And again, that's veering away from, stepping away from that thought that children and that belief that children are a blessing, and out of the
1: abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. That's it. right. So, we need so to speak that
0: right. And when we, we find ourselves saying those things, and I have found myself doing that, sure. And I've said to, and I've thought, you know, okay, wait a minute. God says kids are a blessing. Children are a blessing, and here I am, kind of smack talking having children or the frustrations of it. And granted, it's legitimate. Sometimes we need to vent a little bit, but I think we need to be very, very careful.
1: Part of that blessing is the sanctification that it brings to us as parents. Absolutely. It forms us into more godly people just because we have to seek the Lord. Right. You know, we we have to pull in close and
0: and it starts with that whole idea of believing they're a blessing. So if you're going into these all these different issues that come up in parenting and raising kids and in life and you and you're but you're going at it and you're saying God says they're a blessing. And so from that perspective, where do we go? God, what do we do? And and it is amazing, like I said, how much it changes the course of your life and your sanctification and you know when you're when you're getting into the teen years and you've got four or five teenagers in the house who aren't afraid to point out your inconsistencies <laughs>
1: your flaws
0: <laughs> <laughs> that is really tough to handle at first it it i mean it's it i think i've gotten a little uh, better at handling it you know because i've had to do it so much but when it first started happening it kind of rocked my world <laughs> because i'm like wait a minute what are you saying? You know, because you, we want to believe that we're these awesome, great parents. And, you know, in a lot of ways, God has grown us in that. And we are good at certain parts of parenting, but there's other parts we stink at, you know, and there's other parts where God, like you said, wants to sanctify us in different areas. And our children will bring that They'll to the be a surface. Part of that. And in that way, they again are a blessing. Yes, it hurts. <laughs> But what does the Scripture say? It says, no discipline is pleasant at the time, but painful. But it says later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness. And that's what we really want. Like, mm-hmm. we want to become more like Christ. And God uses our children to do that. And if we can see how that so beautifully fits together um, in God's plan for families, I think it can really change our lives for the good. Mm-hmm. So... Well, thank you for being here, honey. And I'm, I promise you will get that cup of coffee. But I want to let you all know that I think the next podcast that we're going to do, uh, he's actually going to join me again because he already agreed to that. So I'll have to buy him another cup of coffee. That's all right. I'm good with that. Okay, maybe I'll have to throw a scone or something. Some sort of goodie, in there, too. <laughs> he's so easy to please. Um, but we're going to be talking about how we lived on one income, Yes, people, one income with 10 people in the family. Because you know that, you know, we could say eight kids, but you know, we have to eat too, right? So <laughs> there's that. <laughs> there's that. So we want to talk about what that looked like for us. So on the next podcast, we're going to be talking about how we lived on one income, 10 people, eight kids, and a partridge in a pear tree.
1: <laughs> oh, <oy vey. laughs>
0: All right. Well, we're going to take just a minute here and pray. Um, And then we will see you back next week talking about uh, living on one income with a bunch of people. So, Lord, we just thank you for today. Thank you for this time we could spend talking about children, Lord, and what a blessing they are. God, I pray over every person who's listening, Lord, that you would begin to help them to process what it is that might need to change in their thinking in regards to children Uh, Maybe this was just confirmation of what they already know in their hearts to be true, but maybe this is a little different than the things they've heard or the things that they believed, and yet, God, you're so clear in your word that children are a blessing. And so I ask that you would just work in the hearts of each person who's listening, and you would bring your truth to light, and that you would bring conviction and clarity to each and every heart. Lord, bless these families. Lord, that are represented in each of these listeners. God, bless these families, and may your presence fill their homes in this week, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.